Welcome to What's Your Forte, the interview series presented by Bandology. Bandology is a proud Canadian nonprofit dedicated to more music for more kids via education, collaboration, and community. Hi, everyone. My name is Naoko, and I'm the music and performance coordinator at Bandology. Today, for Bandology's interview series, I'm here with Shanna and Bill Bates, co-owners of Chaos Music Lesson Studios. How are you doing today, Shanna and Bill? We're doing great. Doing fine, thank you. Great. So can you tell us a little bit about Chaos Music and what kind of programs the school has to offer? Um, so the, the, the school offers private lessons, uh, music lessons that is, with um, in uh, piano, guitar, drums, ukulele, bass, uh, violin, voice, uh, woodwinds, and some brass instruments, and then some basic, some theory as well. So almost every instrument um, in private lessons. And then we also offer a group guitar program for adults. It's a, it's a specific program for anyone 18 or older. Um, and it's a, a program that we, we uh, teach, but it was not our program. It's one that we share uh, from a school in New York City um, called the New York City Guitar School. And it's a terrific course for adults who want to learn how to play guitar in a uh, casual, fun, recreational way. So it's a very uh, unintimidating course for adults in small groups up to six. And then we also offer, new to the Oakville area, we've been doing this in Etobicoke for over a decade. It's a program called the Rock Band Experience. And this is a very, this is a very fun, cool program for teens, so age 13 and over, and adults. And what we do in that program is we group um, people of similar age and similar playing ability and similar um, musical preference into small bands, three or four person bands. And we put a, a, a chaos coach with them, so a professional, and they rehearse weekly learning songs and learning how to learn songs. It's not really a learning how to play program, it's a learning how to play together program, like an ensemble program. Uh, but in the rock genre and in small bands. And then and that all ends at the end of a session to uh, 10 or 12 weeks uh, with a show where they perform a set in a bar on a stage with full lighting and full PA for friends and family. So that's a, that's a fun program that we offer as well. And up until the pandemic hit, we did offer um, the Yamaha Music Education Program, which was a, a program for kids um, under the age of like from four, uh, four to six, basically. And that's a terrific program for early developmental uh, type skills uh, that Yamaha um, created and we offer. Um, we're not going to do that this year because it just took such a hit and uh, there was, anyway, it just got all messed up. So we're not offering that this year. We may get back to that at some point, but we've been offering that for years um, in the Oakville and also in our Etobicoke location. That's really great that you guys offer such a diverse range of programs and not only you know, individual lessons, but also these opportunities to practice as an ensemble. Like that's not something that you find in every music school. So that's really, really amazing that you guys offer that. Mm. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your backgrounds and experience in music? I, uh, I played trombone through my high school years and then I went to Western um, for the music education program there to become a teacher. 
um, and then got sidetracked and ended up uh, running a recording studio with uh, with my partner back then. Um, so we had a recording studio for about seven years, and he still it's it's still running, but I'm no longer involved. Um, and then I went on to do some theater work and stage managing and some sound teching um, for small theaters. Um, and then uh, met Bill, and then uh, got to get involved on a very small scale with uh, with chaos. So. And our kids are, we're raising the kids to be musical as well. So there's still a lot of music in our lives. We're still making music together. And um, I'm hoping to join a band again. Uh, now that I have a bit more time for me, I'd like to start playing again, playing trombone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have as great a music history. Uh, my, uh, my, I do have music in my background. My father was a saxophonist back uh, in his earlier years. And so I learned from him initially, and then I took up drums and studied that privately throughout my, my um, school years. Um, I did not go to school for music. I went to school for computer science and decided I didn't like that um, as an option. Um, pretty quickly after I started it, so I stopped and took a job in a music store and uh, learned the retail portion of the business. And in, in that store, they did some teaching as well. And when I broke out of that to open my own store, we uh, incorporated the music lessons from the very beginning. We knew that we wanted to have a store and a school um, as the as the uh, combination business, not just one or the other. And and we ran, we've run that. It's still running to this day. It's 32 years old. That business we started that in 1989. I'm old. And um, and then um, about eight years ago, when we moved to Oakville. We decided to open uh, an additional location, uh, which we did uh, a year or so after that. So that's been running for about eight years. And in there, we also opened a second Oakville location, which is running up in the north part of uh, Oakville. Although I think we're going to um, shut that one down to concentrate solely on um, solely on the south location, and uh, we're going to just cap it at those two. It's a lot of time and energy to run three businesses. So we're going to shut that one down. Our lease is finished and we figured after the pandemic, this was a good time to uh, shut it as opposed to try to rebuild it because it really slowed down more so in the north than it did in the south in Oakville. An interesting phenomenon, but um, this just seemed like the right time to either really dig in and try to rebuild that location or just say thanks for everything and and uh and shut it down so that's what we're doing oh and i have also have to say in case my parents watch this i took a, i started piano lessons when i was four and or when i was six and i took piano lessons. thanks for the piano lessons mom and dad so there you go in case they in case they're watching they might yeah <laughs> well that's so interesting that you guys have such a diverse uh background in music so what inspired the start of your music school well, I mean, the, the one, the school that we're talking about here is the Oakville one. So it was kind of inspired by the, uh, the existing um, school in Etobicoke. But if the, the inspiration back like 30 plus years ago, it really was, if you were going to run a music store, you're going to try to sell musical instruments. You, it was really uh, incumbent on you to also teach people how to play those instruments. It, it didn't seem to make sense that you would sell them keyboards and guitars and digital pianos and then say good luck go somewhere else um, to learn how to play them um, and 32 years ago uh, if you you'll have to you're way too young to imagine this but 32 years ago 
there was only one way to learn a musical instrument, and that was in a in a in a in a one-on-one uh, lesson with somebody, and that was the way you learned. Now today, there are lots of other options um, to pick up and learn an instrument. Um, learning in a private lesson is still one of them, thankfully, but um, there are many, many other op, uh, options and opportunities for people. But so that was the the, the thinking back then that you, it was really all, really if you wanted to be successful selling instruments, you needed to um, teach people how to play them. Wow, so that's really great. You guys are the one-stop shop for music. So that's really great. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about how your school has developed over the years, maybe, into the really amazing school that it is now? Sure. I mean, back way, way, way again, way, way, way back, we had two lesson rooms with, with curtains as doors. It was so basic, um, you know, and, but that's, it's funny, you know, that those years ago, that's all you needed. You just needed a place to, to sit down with your teacher and learn. And really the teaching, although that really the change in teaching is probably mostly technologically based, there's tools that, you know, we have today that we didn't back then um, that we use and that's great. And the teachers use, but really the craft is still the same as it was, you know, those 100 years ago, never mind 30. So it's taught kind of the same way, but we developed it little by little, really. Um, it, it, when, you, when you have a small school and you're teaching, it, it would be the same as if you opened up a small private studio in your home and you, you started with three or four students, um, which is what we did, essentially. We opened our door and offered lessons and we started with half a dozen students. Um, if you do a good job, they they tell their friends, and and it really is a word of mouth business, and it builds that way. I mean, you can advertise, and these days there's so much advertising going on, but in the end, it really is. Um, if you do a good job, people will. It, it keep really coming. just builds organically, and it, it it's not a it's not a get rich quick business, that's for sure. Um, it takes time to develop, uh, but that it does, and if again, if you do it well it, it's kind of like a good investment it, it, it's uh, like compound interest it every year you get more and more students and then it grows and we went from just a few students when we started to hundreds um hundreds and hundreds in that etobicoke location um and it just grew it really got big we we returned into a fairly big school and then it kind of capped at, at about the year 2000 kind of when the internet really took off and it started to decline after that because people had different options and that's okay i mean at first we were like really we hated the internet at first because for that or like ah but we realized it was a good thing that was happening and it was bringing more people to music and it wasn't great for our business per se but it did it did help it was growing music and that was it made it more accessible that was like yeah people. it was a better you know the greater good um which was okay and then when we opened our oakville st um, studios it was, we opened them with a more modest goal. We didn't want to grow it into, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students. We wanted a, a few hundred students maybe. And um, we were able to build that relatively quickly in a, in a year or two, um, just again, by some initial advertising and then, <clears throat> excuse me, word of mouth after that. But that's, that's really how you build it. And you just, you add a teacher and then you add a room and then you, it's, it's slow and laborious. And, but once you get a, once a teacher gets a solid day of teaching going, they generally tend to keep that. And, and that just, and then you just build on it. And it's really and we've kind left, of- We've been lucky enough to have great staff yeah, and great teachers. Definitely, that's a component of it. Yeah. That's really amazing to hear about all the cool developments of your music school. 
So what are some of your favorite memories of chaos music over the years? Well, my, I, you know, I knew this question was coming and my favorite memory by far is um, spending time with my father who's deceased now, but he died a long time ago. But in the early days, he took a lot of, we took, he and I took a lot of pleasure just hanging out. Um, usually in the, around the dinner time uh, hour, he would come and spend time. He was very interested in the business and, and it was really nice for us to spend time together. So that's a great memory. Um, you know, and that's, that's not just one memory we have. That's, that happened a lot. And that was, you know, that was some of the more enjoyable times um, uh, socially at the business. Um, I think some of my other nice memories are our recitals. And it's funny because organizing a recital, if you ask a music store, any music school owner, what they hate doing the most, they'll say organizing recitals. <laughs> it's very stressful and it's, it's, it's not hard, but it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And there are a lot of like little chippy voices from people who want, you know, special accommodations and things. And it's very stressful. And, but what, funny and ironically some of the best memories are the recitals themselves because once you get in the hall and you you basically you know the lights go down and you you start talking and people start playing and there's like just so many amazing memories it's a nice energy when you the kid the energy of the kids ready to present their music to their families and the families excited about seeing their their loved one making music it's it's a cool energy. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's hard to, it's all, and, and funny, it surprises us every time. Yeah. You know, a little less so, but every time, you know, you finish the recital, you're like, wow, that was, that was great. And all that stress of, you know, people, you know, with their requests and things and that just, it just, 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 away. yeah, it just disappears. And then you love, you love the recitals. And then at the end, you're like, those are great. I love the recital. And, uh, but you know, up until like two hours earlier, like I hate the recital. So <laughs> it's, it's a funny, but they, there are some really nice memories when people are actually making music with, you know, the, the instruments and the skills that you've helped bring to them. And, you know, I don't feel like I'm the only person who sells instruments and I'm the only person who runs a music school, but it's a nice, you know, it's a nice feeling when someone that you've done that for produces some music and, and you can see the energy it brings them uh, as well. Um, which is really great as well. And we, and we have kids, right? And they've been, some of my favorite memories are taking my kids to their lessons. And ironically, they take their lessons in Etobicoke, but they're going to start taking lessons here in Oakville now. Um, but, and, and us as parents, not only business owners, but our kids play in those recitals. So we get to feel the feelings as well as observe the feelings and the experiences of all of the community. It's cool. Though I think those are my favorite memories or taking the kids to music lessons and walking in knowing, you know, seeing Bill's hard work kind of all the rents and the kids are proud every time they they're in the store or at, a, at the studio. There's a feeling of like a pride. I like seeing that look on their faces when like we're chaos, like, like dad, daddy's chaos. Like this is cool. Kind of, it's a nice, I like those, mem those, those make me smile those moments. Yeah, me too. And there's one back it's kind of a backtrack to one of the other questions because because you mentioned our kids took lessons in Etobicoke we live in Oakville though um and the reason they did that is because they wanted to stay with the, the particular teacher who teaches in Etobicoke and they mm -hmm. just kind of grabbed, and we used to live there yeah we used yeah, to live there yeah. so that's why we that's why the kids went there but they they stayed with that teacher until they basically have graduated from her now 
and now they're on to a, a more advanced teacher but that's there's a it just goes to show you that music is a highly personal thing and you know it's a relationship with a teacher um can last you know in this case for 10 10 years olivia's been taken for 12 years and 12 calvin years. for 10 years yeah yeah and they and, and we and we've been living here for eight so they've been driving to etobicoke for our music lessons when we have a school one minute from our home for eight years yeah that's changing though mm. <laughs> maybe yeah thankfully yeah <laughs> yeah i think the relationship between a music teacher and a music student is something that's really special and also something that something else that's really special is that music is something that you guys share as a family so that's really something amazing i think you're lucky <laughs> Definitely amazing for us and for anybody who does that. I mean, not everybody gets that. Not everybody does that, but uh, it's it's a thing for us, and it it really is a good thing for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people are curious about what it's actually like to be owners of a music school. That's not something that <laughs> is typical for a lot of people. So I was wondering, what does a typical day look like for you guys as co-owners of a music school? Um. Well, it, because the school doesn't really open until later in the day, um, earlier in the day, I spend time either at my store in Etobicoke or at, in my office here at home. Um, there's lots of scheduling and emails and things like that that go back and forth between student families. Um, sometimes there's some physical work at the studio, you know, whether it's cleaning or, you know, building or changing things around, but not a lot of that. Um, it's mostly, you know, advertising administrative type things um, on the computer uh, in an office somewhere where for me it's in, it's here in my house um, and then the the, the, the teaching day um, some days we are literally in the studio where we're sitting actually at the desk talking with people and doing the admin things other days we have excuse me some part-time people doing that um, we have a, a small staff of part-time um, people who come in after school hours and do, do that job for us so some days we're there some days we're not um if we're not there we're if when i say we i, I mean me if i'm not there i'm either here working or i'm in my store in etobicoke working uh, kind of bouncing back but mostly i would be in the office these days i mean in the earlier days i spent a lot more time literally in the studio doing you know all the admin jobs i would do everything from there um, these days, since I have the, the multiple places, I spend more time in my office, less time in the actual places. Shauna spends time with, uh, now in the studio. Um, and Olivia has been desperate to work there. So she's, she's done. Yeah, yeah, I need a drink. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to take a couple more shifts here in Oakville and, um, and Olivia has been wanting to work as well. Um. So she's had to prove herself to daddy that she's, uh, but she worked last year. She worked at the end, well, when we were open. Um, and so hopefully coming up and Calvin's still a bit young. He's only 13, but he'll start probably spending a bit more time with me there. And then hopefully he'll get, uh, but we, we always want to keep a team. Like we have such a great team of, of young people that work with us too. And so we don't, we don't want it to be completely family run because then we miss out on opportunities to meet these, uh, these awesome frontline people that we get to, hire and work with so yeah so we try and keep a balance and also we, we used to travel a lot in the winter time and we'd be away for a month or two at a time and 
that we can't really do that. We can't be the, the only people who work the front counter and be away. So it's, uh, we're lucky to have a team, definitely. Yeah, that's really great. And actually, when you mentioned earlier that recitals are a really special uh, moment for you guys as co-owners of a music studio, um, I'm sure that recitals are probably the thing that a lot of students and parents are looking forward to doing after COVID when we can all get together again. I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they will be, I'm sure they will be popular. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, what are some of the maybe changes and things that you had to adapt to during COVID as a music school? Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, yeah, I mean, about half our student base just stopped taking lessons. They, um, they just decided they weren't interested in anything but an in-person lesson. So when we weren't able to provide an in-person lesson um, because of all the restrictions, um, people just stopped taking lessons, about half of them, which was really a big deal for us naturally. Um, the other half pivoted to Zoom, Skype, FaceTime type lessons that we were able to organize. And we ran those all year like a normal, like a normal schedule. Um, at one point, we pivoted back to in-studio and then we pivoted back out of in-studio. It was just a real yo-yo, you know, crazy time. Um, with the um, uh, COVID restrictions changing. So, but for the most part, we stayed just with video lessons and we were able to do that. Our teachers were able to continue teaching. Our teachers were awesome. They, well, our teachers yeah. totally stepped up and were able to make the changes they needed to teach. I mean, it, it, on one hand, you're like, well, what's the big deal? You're teaching, you know, just a video lesson instead of in person, but it's a, it's a different it's style different. of teaching and it, it, it took, a lot of getting used to and um, I, I don't think I had uh, any teachers who said oh I can't do that they all said sure we'll do it and yeah. they all figured it out and they all you know were able to deliver really good lessons I mean people were happy to stay on and and do them um, so that was great and now we're it looks like we're pivoting back to in studio but um, as a result of all that video lessons, we're going to continue to offer it as an option. And so that's a big change. Um, we're going to be, which is a really good change for us to be able to offer video lessons as, as well as in-studio because essentially that, that creates more capacity for us. So we're able to, to um, expand beyond our walls a little bit. Uh, we don't, we don't think that, you know, uh, we don't think that people will, uh, we will see a, like a 100% increase, but we do think we will see some increase. Um, and so far, we are seeing people signing up for September for video when they have the option to go back to in-person. Mm -hmm. So it's, um, that phenomenon is going to happen. We're just not sure uh, how, uh, what, the, what the ratio will be of video versus in-person. So uh, we have an idea of what we think it'll be, but We'll see. We're just guessing. Yeah, we are guessing and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, that's really great that both you and uh, your, your faculty were able to make that change and that you're, it's really interesting to hear that some students are still electing to choose virtual lessons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were surprised. But yeah, I mean, at, initially we would say we, 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 we would have said no way. Everyone, everyone will go back to in-person lesson. But 
as it went, you know, then we, and we spoke to people and friends. We have lots of friends in the neighborhood who take lessons and they, some of them would say, no, I think we'll stay with it if you offer it because it's more convenient and it's easier. And, and our child is progressing just as well. I mean, our kids took video lessons all year and they progressed well, like probably as well as like debatably as well as they would have with in-person lessons. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're a little different and there are some limits to them, but I don't know that they're not, you know, almost if not as effective as an in-person lesson, just and, different. And we were surprised because we've, we've tried in the past to, to introduce an online um, component and there was, people weren't that interested when we tried before. So no. this kind of forced people to try, like they didn't have any option. It's either online or not. And so I think it forced people to give it a try. And some people, like you say, would, I like this. I like it even better. And some were like, that was good for the short term. I want my in-person lessons again. So, but it, it, it was kind of a, a forced trial for, for people who weren't necessarily open to it before in the past. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are learning a lot of different skills and a lot of different things about technology, hopefully, during COVID. Yeah, mm, definitely. So as owners of a music school, uh, I was wondering, why is music education important to you? Oh, you know what? We were talking to our son, and he said he wanted to answer this one. So let me go get him. Hello. (laughs) This is Calvin. Hi. I just asked your parents, why is music education important to you? I think it's a really important skill to have. um, Because um, now now that I have that skill, I'm really happy that I was able to I feel I feel like I'm better off having it than not, and I I think I heard some studies around that um, it's good for your brain development too. So I think I think that's a huge part of it, and yeah, it's a it's an amazing skill. It's great. I had more, but I forgot. Well, that was the yeah. gist of it. No, that's what you well, that's said. That's what you it. said earlier. Yeah. I think for us, we think uh, we have felt, or I'll say I felt, yeah. but I'm sure Sean agrees that the. The skill itself of being able to play an instrument is is a you know a childhood to adulthood skill. It's a lifelong skill, and it's one of those things that you can enjoy and do your entire life. It's not like some things that you learn when you're a kid and you only do when you're a kid, like some some more contact sports and things like that. You're not going to play them when you're you know 60 years old, but um, music is one of those ones that endures all the way through all the stages of your life. And if you learn it early, um, it's easier, like most things. It's easier to learn when you're younger, but not necessarily impossible to learn when you're older. So be offering it as a service. Um, again, I don't feel like we are the only people that are offering it, and thank God for us. That's not how I feel. Um, but I, I feel that you know we're part of a group of people who offer it to our particular communities. And there's people like us all over the world who offer it to their communities. It's actually really fun and interesting to meet people in other parts of the world mm-hmm. who are music school owners. And we've done that a few times. Uh, where did we meet those guys? Like it was in the Virgin Islands. Oh, yeah. we, anyway, it was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. We met, we, we happened upon on vacation, a school in the Virgin Islands up like way up in the mountains um, in this like remote little town. And we, and we met this woman who ran this music school and she gave us a little tour and it was a nice school. It was a nice small school, um, but they're very serious. And they, at, um, we looked at them and like, you're on an island in the middle of the Caribbean. Um, how many students could you have? But I think they had quite a few. Yeah, they did. And they ran like a full music school. So there, it, was, it was really interesting. It was funny because 
they were doing essentially the same thing that we do. And I meet lots of people at conventions that are music school owners. Um, and we're all doing the exact same thing, just trying to bring music, um, the skills to, to play music to people who want to do it. And I think by doing it, you're promoted. And by promoting it, you might bring some people to it. That and we might... believe in it. So, like, it's obviously part of our lives. Something we believe is not just a business, to a way to make money. It's kind of, we, we believe it so much, we're kind of, it sounds cheesy. We're living it. No, too. it's true. It's not, yeah. again, it's not a money-making business where you, I mean, we do make some money, but it's not, it's not a, uh, it is not a, a business that makes tons of money. So you do, you Have do it, it because you think it's important um, and you, and you love it. So those are kind of, I think those are. Yeah. And I, I also think we're, we, we're homeschoolers <laughs> as well. Um, my daughter's going to an art school now, but um, they, from an education standpoint, what I love about, learning an instrument or learning a, a skill uh in music is cool because like calvin's been playing when did you start when you were three um olivia says four, four. but i don't believe that okay three, three and a half four. four um music isn't one of those things where you can just you know pick it up one day and then and then you're you know you're a piano player yeah. it takes calvin's 13 now it's taken him almost 10 years to get to the level that he's at where he feels confident and competent and um but our kids were militant with they practice half an hour a day every day summer winter fall doesn't matter um and it's because of that hard work they've put in they've gotten to the level they're at it's not it's not something you can just kind of try now and then play here and there and become skilled it takes hard work and dedication and continued hard work and so and now 10 years later, he's seeing the fruits of his hard work. It's not like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm articulating it properly. I just think it's a neat kind of. Um, well, it's a great skill and it's different from. It teaches discipline and it teaches again. And we're not like, like we're, we take it seriously, but I don't know. It's not something you can just do half-heartedly and then get good at. You actually have to work to get good. Does that make sense? Yeah. And those skills yeah. translate and transfer to some other things in life which make it, you know, a good skill to have and a little bit more important than just doing something for fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a great medium to learn, you know, valuable life skills and skills that will hopefully transfer into everything that you do, like hard work, discipline, perseverance. Those are all things that we can learn through music. Yeah. So I was also wondering, does Chaos Music have any exciting plans or new upcoming projects? in your future? No, you can, no, you can go if you want. That, that doesn't sound much like a me question. <laughs> right. Bye. Thank you, Calvin. No problem. Well, the exciting, the, the, for me, I'm excited about having rock bands here in Oakville because Bill's had it at the Toronto store for a long time and it's, I just think it's a cool program. I think it's a way to take your music lessons and uh, you've learned how to play and it's like, okay, now let's, let's collaborate with other musicians, which is, I think is really cool. So that, I'm excited about having rock band here. Yeah, it's yeah. a great adult program, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a good teen program, although we, we do more adults uh, than teens, uh, believe it or not, and maybe teens are busy and don't have time for one more activity, but um, some, some middle-aged adult guys and gals who play music and are looking for a way to, you know, do, do that activity outside of their, you know, living room, um, really love the program. So it, mm -hmm. uh, we found in Etobicoke, it has a very, very... Uh, very loyal following of adults who join, you know, session in, session out. They just, and they have been waiting. I put out an email last week about it in Etobicoke and 
like we're almost full now already. You know, it's it's almost everybody who was in the program uh, before COVID um, has signed back up, and a few and and a bunch of new people, some young people too, encouraging um, that the young people because the young people bands are like the teen bands are really fun as well. But that's a really good program. So hopefully, out here in Oak, Oakville, I mean, we have modest. Uh, expectations of it for this year we hope that uh, we get a few bands going because it, again it's one of those things you put it out there and it takes time to grow so we don't expect it to be full out here this year but we uh, hopefully we'll get like literally one or two bands going and then we'll 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 um we'll combine them with the etobicoke shows and do them and that's the nice thing about having the program running in two places when you do the show you can just bring the bands, everybody, everybody can come together. Um, they have to travel a bit to the bar that we do it in, the, the bars in Etobicoke. It's, uh, anyway, it's a lot of fun um, for that. And, um, you know, I think we're just going to look forward this year to getting the programs back up and running. And the teachers, you know, the teachers, without, you know, getting all doomy, doomy and gloomy, the teachers really suffered hard in this pandemic. They they, you know, this is how they made their living. And usually they made their living teaching and performing two things that were like completely wiped out um, in the pandemic. So it wasn't like one got wiped out and they got to, you know, double up on the other. Everything they did got shut down. So they, and you would certainly understand that. Um, so we're really hoping that we can just get their lives back in order um, this year and like get their teaching schedules as full as possible. They can get some performing uh going again this year and kind of just get their lives back on track um from their mm -hmm. career point of view and you know really enjoy the just the, the community that comes through the place every week um that's 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 where most of the small little enjoyment comes from is seeing the people each week and seeing the kids and um and then the recitals and the shows uh we don't have anything dramatic other than the rock band program here because the kids and I are throwing around, we're trying to come up with an, a way of a rock band type of a program, but for wind players, because I'm a trombone player and my daughter plays trumpet. We're like, okay, how do we create something with like small ensembles, like, you know, quartets or quintets or whether it's yeah. violin or, or wind, wind instruments. And anyways, we're, so we're, we're, we're trying to throw that around talking to one of our teachers about yeah. some possibilities, but anyways, that's not, that's not, if it happens, it, it won't be for a little bit until we figure it out. It's hard to find people at the right skill level to be able to, that are, have, that are on the same schedule that can, it's a lot of things have to line up to, to get an ensemble like that um, together. But anyways, yeah, but well, I'm excited about playing with the idea. Yeah, bandology would certainly. Yeah, I, we're thinking would, you, talk to Lisa about you, that. you would know, you would, you know the challenges of bringing people together on a schedule at the same time each week and that type of thing. It's, and finding band, uh, brass players or woodwind players and and finding them is one thing and then putting them together in a room once a week at, at a specific time that's you know that's like the eighth miracle of the world trying to get get <laughs> schedules get schedules to line up and and um yeah but sometimes we can make it happen and it starts with you know wanting to make it happen so yeah. we're going to try to do some of that this year too that sounds really amazing. And I'm sure after COVID, lots of people are looking for opportunities to play together again and to be together. So I'm sure you, that's something that What do you be... play, Naoko? What instrument do you play? I actually play the piano, so. Mm -hmm. nice. nice. Yeah, okay. So to wrap up our interview, I'm going to ask you guys some fast five questions. So these are basically like rapid fire style questions. 
All right. Okay. More closely. Okay. The first one is your favorite movie soundtrack. Guardi like, Guardians of the Galaxy. <gasps> I switched. Oh yeah, I like that one too. I like A League of Their Own too. Yeah. Wow, yeah, those are both really great. So the second one is instrument that you wish you played. Guitar. Guitar, me too. Mm -hmm. I started taking lessons, then my friend borrowed my guitar, and then when I get my guitar back, I'm going to take lessons again. Yeah, I would really like to learn guitar too. That would be a really cool instrument to learn. Yeah. So uh, the third one is your favorite concert that you attended. Harry Connick. Where? Shell in Toronto, oh. long time ago. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, okay, got two. Earth, Wind, and Fire at Canada's Wonderland, and Donnie and Marie Osmond at the Ontario Place. What was it called at Ontario Place? The, the Ontario Place stage. I don't remember what it's called. I'm changing my answer. Um, it's Chick Corea in Los Angeles, uh, in in a private in a, in a private room. What? Yeah, well, a private room with like a thousand people in it, but uh, <laughs> a private room at the uh, at the Nam Show, which is a big show I go to every year. And Chick Corea, who you may know is an amazing jazz pianist with his electric bands. Um, like this is like 30 years ago. It was the first time I went to that show in Los Angeles. So I was just wide eyed and everything. And someone said, hey, let's go see Chick Corea. And I don't even think I knew who he was. And I said, okay. And we walked into this like giant ballroom and it was standing room. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. Who is this guy? And then Chick Corea came out and played this amazing concert, like an hour long concert with his electric band and then took questions. and. It was amazing. And, and cool. a thousand people sounds like a lot, but that's a small room really to see somebody in. So it was amazing. Cool. Wow, that is so amazing. That <laughs> How about you, Nail? So cool. What was your favorite concert? Um, that's a hard question. I haven't been to a concert in a very long time. <laughs> I'd have to think about that for a bit. Nobody has. <laughs> um, but I generally like any concert that I watch with the Toronto Symphony. They're always amazing to watch so yeah. probably one of the concerts that I've been to there is probably yeah. what I would say yeah, yeah. oh I mean but I'm definitely looking forward to having concerts oh, again maybe. soon uh, definitely <laughs> we went and a plug for Stratford Festival we went to the Stratford Festival we had to see why we tell the story mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it, it was a cabaret so I guess technically it's a concert um it was in so it was so incredibly we went back twice we went and saw the same show twice but so Stratford is open so if anyone wants can get out there it was it yeah. was go see a show it's amazing it, we they're, were pretty they're, emotional they're, it was amazing they're outdoor and um they're yeah. small and they're out which is great because they're not big and so you're right up tight with uh, the with the performers and every and, singer was amazing mm. and the band was amazing and uh, it was just it amazing was to see live music again yeah. uh, more amazing than we, we even thought yeah, yeah we were like really taken by yeah. it yeah mm -hmm. All right, so the next question is your favorite artist. And yeah, favorite uh, artist. Yeah, this, is, this was a tough one. I know. We like everything. Oh, I like everything from, you know, Manteca to, um, you know, Anne Murray to Dolly Parton to, like, I don't have a favorite band, I don't no, think. No, you know what? I, I said Lin-Manuel. Oh, you did say that. You know, as I, think, I think it would be somebody in the theater um, as opposed to pop rock, although yeah. I like a lot of pop rock and classic rock and all sorts of rock. I find the theater guys are just so skilled and so good, um, and there's so many of them, but uh, yeah, Lin-Manuel is the guy from Hamilton, if you don't know that, and I mean, he's written, the, writing that show, the music of that show, I think is so fantastic, and, and then his performance of it is you know, equally as fantastic, but, and he's written all sorts of different stuff, but I think he's a bit of a genius. 
Yeah. You know, and he, I, I, yeah. he run, I mean, oh, yeah. he, I mean he's yeah. done all sorts of soundtracks and yeah. like big stuff. And you think like the, the, the scope of his ability from like Hamilton, which is just, you know, may as well be, you know, it's theater rap to, you know, to Moana, which is like Island, yeah, Island yeah, kind yeah. of, you know, Caribbean Island music. It's, it, anyway, it just, I think the guy's got real talent. And I like, I also like people like Kenny Rogers and John Denver and Simon and Garfield. They're like, yeah, I don't know. There's so many. We're I failing. Mean, do, I think we're doing terribly at the no, fast. The, the fast, fast one? No, we're, yeah, we're, we're answering them as slowly as yeah. possible. <laughs> She's like, it's supposed to be fast, people. I know. Rapid fire is not <laughs> supposed fire. to be a half an hour. We're failing this. That's okay. It's the interesting, the juicy parts are always the reason why you chose the answer. So that's really <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. And the last one is, what is your favorite, uh, what is your hidden talent? Uh, I said, I'm a fast decision maker. I can, I can, I can make a decision like that. Not always the right one, but I can make them and I always, I, and <laughs> I'm, I am resolute on them. Uh, it's, it's like a superpower. And I'm the slowest decision maker. So that's my opposite. I don't think I have any, do I have any hidden superpowers? I don't think I do. Oh, you have some hidden, yeah, you are super, so you can, you can, um, you can create a connection with somebody like that, like anybody. Oh, that's my hidden superstition. It's not really hidden, but it's, um, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah, you're, you're oh, pretty well known okay. for that. I was going to say I'm a mom, but that's no, not really you're, a you're, well, that's a bit of a superpower. <laughs> you're very good at people things. Oh, there you go. They, they come very naturally and comfortably to you, uh-huh. way more so than. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Those are definitely some very useful skills to have in mean, both decision making and like being able to connect with people. Those are so important. Combined, we're, 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 we're a combined superhero. Yeah. <laughs> Retired. Retired. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. It was so great to hear all about your music school and all about the endeavors that you guys have had. It's really amazing. Oh well, thanks for having us, and we we think the work Vandology is doing is amazing, and we think it's uh, the energy and the you've got oh. some great people on the team there, and you guys are doing awesome things, and we appreciate you for keeping music alive too. Yeah, you're just part of the, thank part you of the team. We're part, all part of the of the, uh, the team, the what world team of people yeah. trying to make music and help yeah. people make music and make yeah. music more part of a central part of people's lives. It's, yeah, it's great. So yeah. thank you for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in and we hope to see you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you heard, you can learn more about our organization at bandology.ca, which features information about music education, advocacy and research, and our play a gig and band camp programs. Follow us on social media for more videos, performance and interviews on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you heard, you can learn more about our organization at bandology.ca, which features information about music education, advocacy and research, and our play a gig and band camp programs. Follow us on social media for more videos, performance and interviews on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.